You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, I think I got to come out and just say what I need to say. It's time to start putting respect to Mike Tomlin's name. Byron Diardo of CBS Sports wrote this today. The standard is the standard, is Mike Tomlin's most popular saying. Under Tomlin, the standard in Pittsburgh has been to consistently be in a position to compete for a Super Bowl title. The Steelers' ability to uphold that standard under Tomlin has helped the Pittsburgh coach make NFL history. What kind of history are we talking about? Well, last night when the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns on what also happened to be Ben Roethlisberger's final game in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin became the first head coach in NFL history to have non-losing seasons in each of his first 15 years as a head coach. Now, I've asked this before. What does being a great coach get you? It gets you unnecessary criticism. It has fans wanting you out of the city. And it has people ranking you where you don't belong. Today, I put out my top five coaches over the last 10 seasons. I had Bill Belichick as number one and Andy Reid as number two. As far as I'm concerned, both those guys are locked in place. After that, I had Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, and John Harbaugh. That probably could have said 3-3-3 instead of 3-4-5. It's interchangeable. I will explain that I put Mike Tomlin on the fourth position because of his postseason record. However, if you're somebody who wants to put him as number three in the NFL, I won't argue with you. I will accept the argument. People have agreed with me. Adam C. Armbrecht wrote, love it. I put Tomlin three, given what he's done with the declining quarterback and skill position turnover. You think about Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. You also think about Ben Roethlisberger dropping down a little bit. And how about the Pittsburgh Steelers going eight and eight when they had Mason Rudolph as their starting quarterback for most of the season. They almost made the playoffs that year, if not for a final loss against the Ravens on the last game of the season. Let's take a quick look at Mike Tomlin's accomplishments. As a head coach, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's won the AFC championship twice. He's a seven-time AFC North champion. He was the Motorola Coach of the Year in 2008, and he was Dapper Dan Sportsman of the Year in 2008. Also as an assistant coach, we should throw when he won a Super Bowl. He's an NFC champion, and he holds an NFL record for being the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl. Again, I think the only blemish on his record is his 8-8 eight and eight postseason of five, uh, having that 500 record. However, his regular season record is a 642, and he's got a 633 winning percentage for his career. I think he's great, and I think that Field Yates summed it up perfectly when he said, Steel head coach Mike Tomlin has now clinched his 15th straight season without a losing record. What's the most consecutive seasons? That's the most consecutive seasons to begin a career by any head coach in NFL history in a league of parity and constant coaching turnover. Tomlin's consistency is incredible. And that's why I believe we all need to take a step back and start putting respect to the name. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in five, four, three, two, one. Zero. 
What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name's Ray, so I suppose that I will be the one who is talking football with you today. As you can see, I did a little bit of a tribute for Mr. Mike Tomlin at the beginning. And I think that my final words and my first words is what everybody needs to follow. It's time to start putting respect to that man's name. Now, I did invite some of my Patreon members on tonight. We're going to be getting there at about six minutes or so. Have a nice 20-minute conversation. I already see Joe in the waiting room, and he wants to talk a little Mike Tomlin, and I'm excited. Steelers fan. You know what it's like. But I want to say hi to the chat first. McChicken, I'm concerned. You didn't get a notification when I went live, until I went live. That's concerning for me. That tells me that little notification bell thing's not working, but I appreciate you being here. Sergio, mad respect to Tomlin. Enough of that. Let's go, Patriots. Come on. Let's effing go. Absolutely. And Edward, what's up, man? Yeah, I was wondering why the, the view counts were so low to start this, and it's still kind of low. Hopefully, people will start coming in soon. You guys aren't getting my uh, my notifications. Got a lot I want to talk about. Don't forget, 7.30 tonight. For those of you on the podcast, in about 25 minutes, come my boy Lawrence coming in. We're going to talk a lot of football. Again, tonight, guys, we are going to be talking a little bit about Mike Tomlin. I want to get to that. Washington football team has a new name. Uh, we don't know what it is yet. I kind of like football team, but I will do that. Is it time for uh, Bill Belichick to take a bow? And uh, I think it is. I don't know. Uh, of course, he's here. Lawrence, we got to talk a little bit about Jonathan Taylor. I said just feed the MVP. I'm so sick of this Aaron Rodgers talk. I'm so sick of this Tom Brady talk. Just feed the MVP. All right, guys. But again, five minutes, we're going to bring in the Patreon crew. Right now, it's only one. Maybe some other people show up. But we're going to talk a little bit Tomlin, talk a little bit of football. Uh, but I got to give you guys a little bit of an update of uh, my day now or my my time over at Dean Bundell. It's getting it's getting bad over there now. So let me just I'm going to play this video for you. I played it yesterday. For those of you who already seen it, bear with me. We're going to play for the people who haven't. This was my day yesterday while I was being set up to do the two minute drill on the Dean Blundell show. It's supposed to be a big deal for me. Well, this is what happened when I showed up. Yeah, stretching head. Anyway, yeah. uh, should we finish with Ray's two minute drill? Might as well. Who's Ray now? I, I, I Ray need route. Uh, yeah, help you know me who on Ray route is. No, he's the football guy. guy. Loves the yeah. CFL. Or, or the guy that loves the CFL. Oh, we've had Ray on before. He yeah. was on the New Year's special too. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, Lock. Yeah. <laughs> I just when I saw the DMs about Ray, I was trying to catch up. That's all. Oh, sorry. Actually, <laughs> to be fair, uh, it was when we took over the show. You weren't there that day when we played that CFL crap. Oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Right. I wasn't around. I might not have been around. Yeah, no, you weren't there that day. You were you were in on route to Hunger. I know we have a we have a football guy that does like a football podcast. That's who this is. Okay, there we go. Yeah, get there quicker. There. Here's Ray Routh with his two minute NFL drill. Okay, right. So I I played that through yesterday. Hard day for me. Here I thought I was making this progress over on DeanBlundell.com, and Lachlan didn't have any fucking idea who I was. Right. Ryan tries to save the day and say, oh, we know we played the two-minute drill the first time you weren't here. No, my first appearance ever on the Dean Blundell show, Lachlan was the only other guest go co-host. It was Dean, Lachlan, me. So anyways, they're all tweeting at me yesterday. Oh, we love you, Ray. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Y'all know who I am? I don't give a fuck. I got 10 viewers. Who, who the fuck doesn't know who I am? Anyways, Dean finished his show today. And before I go there, 
McChicken says he's going to play this for weeks. Dude, this is content. I'm going to bleed this to death. No, I wasn't going to. It was deleted. I had to re-upload it today because Dean finishes his show this afternoon. Second most popular news podcast in the great white north. And Dean says this. Anyway, um, don't forget, you can find all of our podcasters at DeanBlundell.com as well now, 102 Strong, including Talking Football with my friend Ray, Ray Rout. Uh, you can go and find that on YouTube as well. Uh, fucking love that guy. Got to have him on the podcast more. He did this two-minute breakdown yesterday. It was incredible. 102 podcasters. And he just happens to pick me out to give the shout-out the day after I was humiliated and humbled. Dean, I don't need your fucking pity, okay? If your audience and your staff don't know who I am, I don't need you to start giving me shout-outs. I'm close-talking this, Dean. This is how serious I'm taking this. I work really hard to be a nobody. I want to be discovered on my own. I don't want fucking pity shout-outs. Are you kidding me? Are you Are you kidding you're going to show me pity? You motherfuckers reached out to me. You wanted my audience of a strong 10 viewers on a Tuesday night. On my second day back of 2022. Am I boring you all with the fact that I'm just this forgotten man on this amazing podcast network that I'm like the football guy? No, I love it over there. Self-deprecation is the best content in the world. Just so you know, anybody who wants to make a, a podcast out there, the more that you can fucking shit on yourself, the more the fucking content goes. And McChicken's right. I'm going to play that fucking video for weeks. Are you kidding me? Months. I bleed shit to death. You all know that. I will squeeze every last ounce of that content out. You're, you're fucking lucky I'm not talking about Antonio Braun today. All right? Because I could, Antonio Brown, I could fuck, I could do 10 straight shows on Antonio Brown. I do have something I do want to talk about with Antonio Brown, but we'll talk about it in a second. But every, I want to talk Mike Tomlin. I invited the Patreon crew. One man showed up. It happened to be a Steelers fan. Not surprised, but I'm going to bring him in here. 20 minutes of unadulterated fun with my man, Joe. What's going on? Welcome to the show, Joe. How are you? Good to be here, right? How you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm talking Mike Tomlin, and I'm sure you have a strong opinion. I'm not sure actually which way or the other you have a strong opinion about Mike Tomlin, but my opinion is, and I'm going to admit, I was a Mike Tomlin hater for a lot of years. Um, I, no reason whatsoever, really. Maybe it's because I watched Bill Belichick, one of the most conservative coaches of all time. Mike Tomlin can be a little bit aggressive at times. Maybe it's just a rivalry, you know, Patriots, Steelers. However, I think it was two years ago, three years ago, when Ben Roethlisberger got hit. And hurt, and you guys went forward with with Mason Rudolph for that entire season, and the the Steelers went eight and eight. You could have made the playoffs. You last lost on the last game of the season to like I think unfortunately it was like the Ravens, like third stringers. However, <laughs> you lose that game to the Ravens, but you went eight and eight, and it was that yeah. season I turned around and said I have fucking been underestimating Mike Tallman as a coach, and then I've been watching him closely the last few years. You've got a declining Ben Roethlisberger. Antonio Brown blows up. You know, Le'Veon Bell, which not attitude-wise, but Le'Veon Bell sits out for his contract. He leaves. You have all this turnover. Uh, he consistently fosters these top defenses in the NFL. He just loses Bud Dupree, and he's like, I don't care. Fuck it. I'm still going to have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. Um, 
I got mad respect for Mike Tomlin. I have him in my top five of all time coaches or at least the last 10 years. I don't get into all times because I didn't watch Shula coach or like, you know, I didn't watch, you know, Lombardi coach. So I always just try to keep right. it to modern era, but in this modern era, say the 2010 sort of era. And I know he won a Super Bowl in 07, but let's say the 10, I got him as a top five. I got Belichick, Reed, Tomlin, Harbaugh, and, uh, and, and Peyton. That's my, and, and just, I know people want to know, Carol's number six for me. And really, Carol's just there because I didn't know who else to put number six in that era. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he's the one who fucked up what could have been a dynasty team in Seattle. But yeah. uh, this, but I want to turn it to you, man. Mike Tomlin, that's your coach. Uh, 15 seasons of winning records. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike Tomlin? Well, you know, I'll, I kind of echo your sentiment a, a bit. Uh, at first, I wasn't too sure about the guy. Uh, because, you know, okay, I've been following the Steelers my entire adult life. I mean, we're talking, I was watching uh, some of their old 70s uh, divisional playoff games with a young man the other night. I mean, and and I've watched this team throughout its its entire history. You know, we've had, what, three head coaches in, in that organization since I've been alive. You know, one obviously was Chuck Noll. Then you go to Bill Cowher, uh, who was a, a Marty Schottenheimer guy. Um and he played what we like to call Marty ball, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust type of stuff, you know, hard nosed defense, pound of rock. Uh, people said, oh, he would never win the big one. Uh, but he kept the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in, in, into that toughness and grit and just fighting through uh, adversity. It, it embodied not just, uh, I don't want to say, you know, the, 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 the history of the team, but it also embodies uh, the the mentality of the people in that city. Uh, so when Mike Tomlin came into the fold, he was a more, I want to say, progressive-minded coach. Um, he came from more of a Tampa 2 style of defense, which I've never been a fan of. Um, you know, you go from Dick LeBeau's defense to now he's kind of, you know, he's the type of coach. He was given Tom Brady 10 yards at the line of scrimmage every time, you know, he seen the defense lineup, which I was not a fan of. Uh, but then realizing, you know, in retrospect, now looking back at all the rule changes that were coming into effect, how much more difficult it was to uh, to play defense in the NFL. And the the changing of of uh, generational, you know, kind of a generational changing of the guard there when it came to how uh, how people perceive things, social media, obviously. And, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, I think he's done a really good job kind of bridging the gap between the previous generation and this generation of players. And I agree with you 100%. When I started watching him win and consistently win, he never had a truly bad season, regardless of what kind of adversity was there. Uh, ben Roethlisberger hasn't been the healthiest quarterback throughout his career for obvious reasons. Uh, but obviously he's helped that team maintain its success over the, the course of the past 18 years. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, but he wasn't even the most important person on the team during their two Super Bowl runs. And having not gotten back there, uh, well, unless you count Aaron Rodgers, uh, losing to Aaron Rodgers in, in the Super Bowl that year, um, he's, he hasn't even been the best player on that team as far as I'm concerned, I'm necessarily over that uh, in any given year per se. I mean, there are there are years, but he's not been the best player on that team every single year. Uh, watching what he's done, he's done more with less. 
Uh, he's tried to navigate this minefield of, you know, social media and how these younger guys want to interact with people and how do they want to interact with their fans and what, what types of things are important to them and to kind of bridge the gap between the new generation and, Hey, look, this is, you're in Pittsburgh here. This is the old school mentality that we have. I think there was not a better man for that job uh, to, to hold that position. And uh, I'm looking forward to see what he can do going forward. I, I still think he's my coach. He's he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, uh, I'm glad he didn't have a losing season this year. I didn't want Big Ben's uh, performance or lack thereof this year to be an indictment on Mike Tomlin or turn into an indictment on Mike Tomlin. Uh, so that's kind of where I stand with it. I, I hope they retain him for uh, years to come. I think he's the, the best guy for the job. So I do want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger, but I want to stick on with Mike Tomlin for a second. And uh, yeah, like I said, my eyes were were woke. And I, you could say I woke. I'm woke now. I'm woke to the Mike <laughs> yeah. Tomlin train. Um, so much respect for the guy. One criticism I've heard coming out of Pittsburgh, and it's been primarily Pittsburgh publications, Pittsburgh fans, is they look at the Juju Smith-Schusters in his TikToks. They look at, you know, Chase Claypool posing with the ball, you know, with dying seconds of the game. Uh, even Antonio Brown, who I obviously, I think that Mike Tomlin actually needs to be praised more for tolerating what what yeah. his, no one else has been <laughs> able to tolerate it. The Raiders, the Patriots, walks out on the Bucs. Um, all that kind of thing. But one of the thing is they say that he's too much of a player's coach, that he's letting those guys get away with things. But I really liked what you said because you were talking about the it's you know, he was sort of that he's that transitional between the old school and the new school. And you can see when he brings that old school mentality. I think of James Harrison, for instance, um, even though it kind of bit him in the, the ass a little bit in a sense, but he's like, right. Hey man, I'm going to cut you, but stay by your phone. Harrison happened to say, fuck you and go sign with the Patriots. But like, it was that mentality of like, dude, you're still a stealer. Do you, when you look at the, the Schusters, the Claypools, you know, the ABs uh, again, bell, I don't blame on, 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 I think bell for the most part was a good guy. It this was a whole financial, this was a money thing with Le'Veon yeah. bell. Yeah. Um, do you have criticism for Tomlin on that? Or do you think that he's handled those guys the best that he can? Well, I absolutely think he's handled those guys the best they can. And I, I think they're looking for a specific type of player. And the other thing is they're not, you know, you're not going to see a, a he doesn't play Marty ball. You're not going to see a Jerome Bettis back there. And, you know, I mean, Heinz, but who, what other receivers did they have during that period of time? You know, Randall L. I mean, there was really not much any of anything is a deep threat uh, except outside of San Antonio Holmes. Uh, during that whole thing. So I think they've tried to get more with, uh, in terms of their personnel, I think they've tried to go more to kind of the, the standard that we look at today with some, having a deep threat on the outside uh, and, and things of that nature. Just And, and so you have to go after a certain skill set there. And along with that comes, okay, you're going to maybe, some of these guys are going to have some character issues. You know, you can't – so in that, I, I think uh, under Bill Belichick – or Bill Belichick, for crying out loud, Bill Cower. Under Bill Cower, those character guys would not last in that locker room for one year. They would be out of town. They cut Plexico Burris. They got a lot rid of a lot of people because they just wanted a specific type of character in that locker room, and I respect that. But at the same time, the rule changes in the NFL got 
to to the point where you couldn't compete. It's sort of like uh, with, with in college football when Notre Dame wanted to maintain their standard of how they recruit. And you saw the level of talent just kind of drop off because they were a little bit too exclusive with the type of people that they wanted to play at that school. I think that's what you were seeing in Pittsburgh. And I think that's what Mike Tomlin and Colbert have had to, to really try to manage as best that they can. The other part of that is these divas, they'll get them on rookie contracts and then they don't re-sign them. They just go draft another guy just like them and, re- and replace them. We have had a lot of turnover at those positions that they might bring them in, but they don't last there unless they prove that they're going to, they're going to play Pittsburgh Steelers football and they're going to embody that mentality and mature into that type of player rather than precluding them from being on the team. If that's not already there. I could talk about Mike Tomlin. I could talk about the culture of the Steelers all day because I actually do find like the Patriots culture under Bill Belichick very similar to that Steelers culture. No nonsense defense. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And it's funny because you've actually seen both coaches in their transitions as well. Bill Belichick opening up a little bit, realizing uh, the millennial generation and now the the new generation after millennials. There's there's got to be a give and take there. You also don't have Tom Brady sitting in the locker room anymore that you can just point to and say, hey, if he can act like this, you can. But I do want to turn to big ben now one of my favorite things to do since i've started following you on twitter is just watching you shit on big ben with your memes and your gifts and it's <laughs> but i want to i want to escape this season i want to escape the big contract i want to just get away from sort of the decline and just talk about 18 years of ben roethlisberger and i tweeted this out today and i said i'm not a pittsburgh steelers fan but i'm a big fan of football and you can't write the history of the nfl without ben roethlisberger the battles between ben and brady ben and manning ben and flacco uh he was a key figure in the 2010s era i'm going to miss watching him play football even at his worst like we've seen because i think for me I was, you know, 15 years old when Tom Brady entered the NFL. I was probably like 18 when Big Ben entered the NFL, maybe maybe 19, 20, but still just a young man really, you know, watching football. And now I'm looking at Ben and we're kind of a couple of old guys and he's, you know, coming to the end of his career. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champion, two different coaches, so two different sort of eras in it. Um Away from the last couple of seasons, I've heard lots about the last couple of seasons. Just talk about 18 years of Ben Roethlisberger. And then were you happy with the send-off that Heinz Field gave him last night? Because I thought, even for me, he was not a Pittsburgh fan, but just a fan of Ben and a fan of football. It even got me a little bit of emotional when he was doing his you know, victory lap and that kind of thing. Well, I think that was a nice. I, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a – these days, I mean, we want – and I, I think more now than ever, even when I was, especially when I was growing up, you know, it's like we want to create heroes. We want to create the, the media and, and everybody. They want to manufacture these heroes. I mean, I think it was a nice touch. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like I, I just feel like that that's something you can't manufacture, that that's something that you can't create in a freaking lab. It's got to be genuine. It's got to be honest. Now, uh, for a lot of that, I um, I mean, I think there's some things going on in Pittsburgh right now because people don't want to criticize Big Ben and simply because he has meant a lot to not just that organization, but the city of Pittsburgh. He, uh, I mean, Pittsburgh is, has been a city that's had its ups and downs. I mean, it was a rough place to live, you know, there for a while because there were no jobs 
all that we really had in Pittsburgh to really make us happy was the Steelers. And then when he came into the fold, we realized we had our guy. We had the next, you know, Terry Bradshaw. We had that rough and tumble, tough, hard-nosed quarterback uh, to, to lead that team. And so I, I, I feel like it, 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 he, regardless of how the media wants to frame things and how they maybe want to manufacture narratives or whatever, I really feel like he genuinely embodied and once he matured a little bit, he had he had a little bit of growing up to do when he came into the league too. If you remember the motorcycle accident and doing a face plant to somebody's, you know, yeah. rear windshield, you know, no, hel- mean, no helmets. No, yeah, no helmets. I mean, so yeah, but like that's why I thought Ben was always a good fit for Pittsburgh, though. Away from just like team and all that, is he was like a lunch pail guy to me. He was going to yeah. run the ball. He was going to take his hits. Um, I'm from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and Toronto. Um, People think it's, you know, think of the downtown core and the businessmen, but for the most part, especially when you get to those outer skirts, Toronto is a very lunch pail society and they fall in love with, we don't have a professional football team here, but guys like Ty Domi from the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Kyle Lowry, you know what I mean? Guys who are those lunch pail, you know, go to work, do your job nine to five guys. That's who they fall in love with. And that's why, like, I think if that there's a lot of Pittsburgh fans my in my age demographic. So it wasn't like the 70s Steelers that drew them in. And I think it was that it was because of Big Ben. You know what I mean? I think this guy's my age that Big Ben reminded him. I saw this come out from Le'Veon Bell today. And again, I've never had an issue with Le'Veon Bell with the way he left the Steelers. I mean, I do and I don't, but I got it was never seen like a personal thing. He wrote out today, I can honestly say I wouldn't have made it this far without you seven. I appreciate everything and will miss watching your greatness uh one of the very few who's done it all with one team what a career i'm proud to say that i ever had a chance to play with you 100 hall of famer um i don't know i know there was a money thing there was never a beef between Le'Veon and and ben right like there wasn't like the ab and ben situation that fell apart bell was strictly money it was strictly it, against the front office it was all about he wanted to set the market at running back um and he was that talented but there you go again uh it's pittsburgh and, yeah. you know, they don't like to pay people. I'm, you know, which I'm surprised to be honest with you that not for nothing. I'm glad, you know, looking back, you know, 20 years from now, say if I'm still around looking back and, and knowing that you had a franchise guy that, that uh, played for one team, his entire career retired, was drafted a stiller, retired a stiller. There's something to be said for that. Um, however, at the same time, I think that could have happened a couple of years ago and he could have, the team could have said, Hey, look, but you know, he still thinks he's got something in the tank. That's not a guy you want to go see play somewhere else, but how much are you willing to, how, how much are you willing to sacrifice to facilitate that happening? And I feel like that's kind of where the Pittsburgh Steelers are at right now. It's a great story. Uh, I'm glad it, it happened that way. I just think uh, I wish it could have maybe happened a couple years earlier that he could have got it in his head. You know, maybe I really don't have it anymore because, you know, then you're seeing him struggle. You're seeing him want to get back to the top of the mountain. You're seeing him want to, and, and he's getting frustrated. He's getting frustrated with his players. He's getting frustrated with his coaches. And it's like, at what point do you realize, look, because of your play style, you're not going to be a Tom Brady. You're not going to be an Aaron Rodgers who's going to play into their 40s. You're just not that guy. 
Well, and I think it's fair to say that what happened with Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh was what the Patriots were worried, or at least Bill Belichick was worried, that was going to happen with Brady, right? Because right. I think that he saw Brady like, yes, he's played at this level, but how long can he do it? Now, obviously, he went to Tampa. He's still playing at a high level. He went to Super Bowl last year. But I think that was Bill's fear is we're going to pay this guy for nostalgia reasons because he is a Patriot and we're going to have a shell <laughs> of the former Tom Brady. Um, I do have a question right. here for you. I only got a couple more minutes left with you. Okay. Uh, my boy, the charm city player, Brennan a says, why hasn't James Washington getting an opportunity? Because it feels like he's a good receiver. I like James Washington. I like him. He's a good receiver. He doesn't have the speed that you're looking at with a guy like Chase Claypool. He doesn't have that. He's not an outside. He's not that guy who can just take the top off. He's a damn good receiver, but he doesn't. It's a, you, If you watched that game last night against the Browns, they were playing almost exclusively man coverage all night. And when they lined him up on the outside, he just could not get separation. And that's, unfortunately, this is like the kind of offense that Big Ben likes to play. Run it up the gut, throw a bomb. Run it up the gut, throw a bomb. And he, when as his, he's been on that team, he wants those toys on the outside that can just, you know, get that separation on the outside so he can let it rip and, and, and throw it downfield. Uh, that's just his play style. That's how he's always been. Uh, and I think that's why you're seeing that. I don't think that it's an indictment on James Washington. I think it's a chemistry issue between the style of offense that Ben wants to run and the talent that he does have. Okay, one more question for you comes from my boy McChicken. Says, any faith in either Rudolph or Haskins to take over? Uh, Rudolph, um, I'm sorry, I'm not sold on the guy. I mean, he's he'll probably have a job in the NFL somewhere. Uh, he might even, you know, be our backup for a while. He's not uh, a terrible. He's not terrible, but he's just not that guy. He's just not that guy that's going to take you to the, to the promised land. Uh, Haskins, I would like to see a lot. I would like to see him get a shot. Uh, he's got a, a lot of similar qualities to big Ben. He's a big bodied, big dude. He's not, you know, uh, what we would consider really a mobile quarterback, he, but he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, if he can keep his footwork in the pocket solid, I would really like to see what he brings to the table because we signed that guy for basically nothing. And he's a restricted free agent this year. I'd like to see them bring him back and give him a shot. Yeah, I always want Jameis wins or yeah, uh what, what am I Haskins, Dwayne Haskins. I want Dwayne Haskins to see the well, obviously Ohio State quarterback. I never thought he was going to transition into an NFL quarterback. Uh I also think the same thing about Justin Fields. However, I do hope the best because they're from the Ohio State University. And uh just so I can throw it in your face before I drop you off. Did you see that Rose Bowl on Sunday? Oh yeah, my yeah, God. yeah. Remind me again. That was a great <laughs> that was a very exciting game. It was an oh. it was an exciting game. I'm glad it wasn't a blowout. Obviously, I wanted Utah to win. Yeah. I don't but know if you saw my tweets. I gave up on I did. I just, and then at the end, I'm like, I never lost faith. I never lost. <laughs> Joe, I so yeah. appreciate you coming in, man. Yes, I just do the invitation on Patreon. You jumped on it. I appreciate it. Love doing one-on-one. -on -one. Take care, man. I hope you see you Friday night for the hangout if you're around. Right. Take care, sir. Thank you, Joe. All right. That was my boy, Joe, Patreon member. I threw it out today. said, hey, you guys want to jump on? Jump on. He jumped on. So thrilled that he could come in and hang out with me. My boy Lawrence is in the waiting room. We're going to bring him on. But first, you got to hear about news break. When I come back, we will be with Lawrence Owen.
Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody. So please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, hit that like button, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. If you're listening on the audio podcast, come check out the YouTube channel. Have some fun, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't forget to check me out at deanblundell.com. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. And but first, I gotta bring in well, he's here, but I gotta introduce my boy over from Colts Law, the Believing Colts Podcast, Mr. Lawrence Owen. Lawrence, what's going on, buddy? You can also follow Lawrence at DPN or no at Colts underscore law. He's not DPN. I'm DPN. He's at Colts underscore law. Lawrence, how are you, man? You got a tough fucking Joe wasn't scheduled to come on. He saw my my Patreon post, came on last minute, and he just fucking killed it. So you got a lot oh, yeah. to live up to. Oh, that's all good. I mean, the fact I love having him on my Patreon and he joins all the time. Did you notice? that uh he he's been so upset over the last couple of years with ben roethlisberger he's right here on your stream he was drinking clorox the whole time you, did, you didn't notice the can it said clorox on there uh it's it's wow you know i <laughs> wow 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 you know what so the last two nights i've opened it up where i dropped the patreon link and i'm like hey anybody want to come hang out for the first 20 minutes like i do 10 minutes on my own come 7 10 7 30 come hang out they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll do what we can, whatever, right? And last night, Ross, last like tonight, Joe. I'm hoping just like one. I love these one on ones. You know what I mean? These are great. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Friday, we will be having the big Patreon hangout live on the podcast, and then for hours and hours and hours after, so everybody come check out. All right, Lawrence, want to jump into this? Got a few things I want to talk to you about. Let's just start about. Let's just feed the MVP. All right. Um, so I asked you today. I said, "What?" I'll be straight up with everybody. I said. What's a good cold story to talk about? You threw me some options. I picked this one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, he's 22 years old, is the youngest player in NFL history to reach 2,000 yards from or 2,000 scrimmage yards. He's got 20 touchdowns. I think it's what, like 1,600 rushing yards and an, an additional 400 receiving yards. Kid's been phenomenal. Uh, all I hear about is Aaron Rodgers this, Tom Brady that. It's a two-man race. Um, I'm going to drop this and show you CBS put out their, their leaders today. I mean, they got Jonathan Taylor in third. He's nowhere close in votes to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I can't tell you how fucking pissed off. I am about that. Uh, can't blame him for the loss against the Raiders. You can't blame him. Like, tell me about John. I want you right now. I'm going to give you the floor. I want you to make your case because I know you can. Why should Jonathan Taylor be the most valuable player of the national football league? Because game in and game out, every defense in the NFL that plays against the Indianapolis Colts looks at this offense and goes, they don't say, oh, we got to stop Carson Wentz. They don't say, oh, we got to stop Michael Pittman Jr. No, 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 no. The entire defensive game plan for every team that plays the Colts is you got to stop Jonathan Taylor. And everybody knows it. And very few, if any, have been able to do so when he is fed the football. And he just keeps going, going, and going. 
Uh, in the last 12 weeks, he hasn't had a game less than 97 yards. 97 yards is the lowest amount of yards he's carried or ha- has gotten in the last 11 games. It might be 12 now. I think it might be 12 now. But, I mean, my goodness, the dude is all over everything. The youngest guy in NFL history to reach 2K yards, 20 touchdowns, uh, still is on pace to – to. Br- he's already broke the Indianapolis Colts franchise record for touchdowns. Uh, he's on pace to break the scrimmage yards. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I, I think Jonathan Taylor should absolutely get some votes in this. I, I, I get that, you know, Aaron Rodgers over there is still Aaron Rodgers, but he's not the same Aaron Rodgers that was last year. You know, Tom Brady – there wasn't a game where where Jonathan Taylor fumbled the football four times, you know. <laughs> uh, this is we're, we're talking about a guy who's not even a quarterback who doesn't even touch the ball, but maybe half the time, and is still the number one focus of every defense that they put go up against. Like I said, you could sell it better than me. I've been trying to fight tooth and nail that he is the MVP of the league. Uh, I understand the Aaron Rodgers argument. I'm going to be real with people. And this is not me hating. I don't understand the Tom Brady argument. Like I have, I can make an argument why Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP over Tom Brady. And then I can make the argument of why I think Jonathan Taylor should be. Now I know Mike and uh, my Thursday night co-host, he has picked Rodgers when we've talked because I said, is is there any player more important to their team than Jonathan Taylor? That's a conversation that we had, right? Like if you take Jonathan Taylor off the Colts, are the Colts going to the playoffs? We don't know. You know what I mean? Because of what he does. You can say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. If you take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, they're probably like a four-win team. I, the Colts could be more than a four-win team without Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, depending how much you want to argue for, for Carson Wentz and where you sit in that, that situation. So maybe that is, um, to me. So I, I look at it a couple of different ways and, and I do think that the Raiders loss for whatever reason impacted Jonathan Taylor's MVP odds, the same way Brady, when he went on his little losing streak impacted his loss. And I think the two game losing streak to the Colts and bills, um, impacted Bill Belichick as coach of the year. I think that knocked him out of the ranking because everybody is so, in my opinion, prisoner of the moment of, of what happened. Um, the MVP award, in my opinion, when I think of the most valuable player, and I know they have criteria, but fuck their criteria because they'll, they'll just go around. My criteria is who's a player that without them, their team is worthless. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's the most valuable player. So my argument right now, and you could make the argument for Tom Brady. There's, I mean, you could for every quarterback in the league, you could make that argument for real, right? Except for maybe Carolina. Um, they're, they, they're worthless with or without their quarterbacks. We've seen it this year. But if you look at, you know, the most important, so I look at Aaron Rodgers and the impact he has and where his team is. So you don't look at a losing team. You look at where his team is mm-hmm. and what he is. And then you look at Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to be real. Maybe you're going to get offended. If you're offended, please argue with me. Tell me wrong. I don't know if the Bill or if the Colts are a playoff team without Jonathan Taylor this year. What are your thoughts on that? It's tough. It's tough to to, to make that assessment because there's been so many runs that I think only Jonathan Taylor could have gotten, you know, a game when game ceiling runs, you know, like against the Patriots, right? Uh that was a 
a run that, you know, had had Jonathan Taylor not been on the on the team at that point, Colts lost that game. Uh there's been multiple times this year. I mean, he leads the NFL in 10 plus yards carries, 20 plus yard carries, 30 plus, 40 plus, and 50 plus yard carries. And if you don't have that kind of production, you know, at running back, and I'm as much as I like Naheem Hines, as much as I like Marlon Mack, they're neither one of those are Jonathan Taylor's at all. Uh, McChicken says he's at least going to uh, be offensive player of the year. I, I think that's already a given. Yeah. And I want to, I want to point out as well. And I had this discussion with a coworker today. We were talking about uh, running backs. And I said, if you were to compare, if Derrick Henry were to play this whole season, I'm telling you right now, Derrick Henry would supersede Jonathan Taylor in total yards. He he would be nowhere close to like Jonathan Taylor would be so mm-hmm. far behind. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody would be focused on that. Possibly mm-hmm. touchdowns for the amount of times he runs in the red zone. However, when you look at yards per carry, you know what I mean? When you look at what he does in the passing game, when you look at all that other stuff, Jonathan Taylor is superior in all of those other categories. The only two categories that Derrick Henry would beat him in is carries per game and yards which all comes back to the carries per game, which is when I see the Tom Brady argument, people are like, well, look how often he throws the football. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, all right. You know, like that doesn't consummate him as MVP. Well, getting 2000 yards and rushing because you ran it 3000 times and, and, and average, you know, uh, 3.8 yards yards. or 4.1 yards per carry. When you got Jonathan Taylor's, what was he like? Is he at five and a half, five and a half yards per carry? That to me is a superior, running back mm-hmm. to the other players in the league. Uh, I got some stuff here. Uh, McChicken says Tyrod Taylor's MVP. Uh, NFL just doesn't want to see him succeed. Uh, <laughs> architectural pack six is my vote is for AB. Oh, man. Uh, most valuable joke is scam nothing, obviously meaning Cam Newton. Uh, Mike says, to be fair, the Colts have an amazing uh, offense offensive line, line I'm assuming yeah offensive line they could showcase the running back but l dog is right probably not at that level and yes it was offensive line but i would argue because last year it was uh jonathan taylor for most of the year was not the, the, the primary running back for the colts it was i don't know why marlon mack is in my head i don't think it's marlon mack who was the running back last year last year it was supposed to be marlon mack yes and then he got hurt week one Okay, and then Jonathan Taylor, since it was his rookie year, they split early on. Jonathan Taylor got some carries. Naheem Hines got some carries. Naheem Hines, yes, yes. And then Jordan Wilkins got carries. It was kind of a three-headed monster until about halfway through the season, when the Colts were like, "This Jonathan Taylor dude's kind of special. We're going to start feeding him the ball more, make him the primary guy." And then next thing you know, he's getting two hundred plus yards against teams, you know, and he solidified that number one spot. Okay, so I need to move on to the story that just keeps on giving, okay? Because I just need everybody to know I'm going to bleed this Ontario Braun, this Antonio Braun thing for the next six weeks because it's the greatest story in the history of football. I'm going to promise you guys right now, the day I retire from podcasting, I am finishing with a shirtless show. 
Okay, I was like getting that, ready to say, you can take your yes, shirt off. <laughs> yes, that is how I'm retiring. I'm retiring <laughs> with a shirtless show. If you watch the YouTube show, you may want to just listen to the audio that day. But I saw this tweet today from Josina Anderson who said, if Antonio Brown wants a job on another team in the NFL, he can have one. That is not an opinion. That is what I know. And I have seen mixed conversations when it comes to Antonio Brown. I have heard some people that said he has played his last snap in the NFL. And I've heard other, like I'm talking analysts and I've heard other analysts be like, no, fuck no, this kid, this guy wants to play. This kid can play. Um, I do believe, I think that there's a team out there and I think that's why on the way on the wire right now, Antonio Brown is still a Tampa Bay Buccaneer because I think they know there could be a team somewhere as soon as they release him that's a going to claim him or b sign him and he's got a manageable contract and there's a playoff team somewhere possibly in the NFC possibly in Wisconsin who could use another quarterback or could use another wide receiver um, or any other place. But I do think that there are teams out there that would bring on Antonio Brown. I do, as crazy as it sounds. Oh, I know there's teams out there that would bring him. It's just whether or not he would go there. I mean, he he fought like heck not to be with the Bills. I bet he's kicking himself right now for it. But, you know, uh, at the time, you know, everybody was like Josh Allen, right? Uh, but now he's probably kicking himself. But, I mean, there's teams out there that are desperate in, in desperate need for wide receiver help to have good quarterbacks, Right. Uh, it's just whether or not their playoff material. I could see him if he honestly thought, you know, if, if Jacksonville got themselves a decent coach, a decent coach, I could see Trevor Lawrence throwing to Antonio Brown. You know, that'd be a nice little hookup, you know, especially if they get um, uh, Shark back and, and LaVisca Chenault and all those guys back. That'd be a dangerous weapon uh, to add with the weapons they already have. But there, there's a few teams out there I think absolutely would would uh, dip into the uh, AB, AB situation. Chicken says the Chiefs would sign them in a heartbeat. They don't care about morals. Obviously referring to well, a lot of things that happened. And uh, was it Jones that got nailed with the uh, assault rifles? And uh, Tyreek Hill, obviously we all know his history. Um, and then the, the 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 browns running back that left. oh yeah the, the best kicker in the nfl cream yeah. hunt there yes. you go uh edward says i hate antonio brown but we could use him for three games obviously talking about the new england patriots i don't think uh <laughs> i don't think mr Kraft will ever let him back uh into the nfl yeah, but it is what it is on that um okay i saw so i don't know if you've been watching this uh this brady documentary i haven't watched the second of it um Neither i just I. I kind of just get the highlights and the clips and, and whatever. And there was a really funny part last night because they were talking about the 2017 season, which was obviously that was when everything kind of fell apart in New England, even though they won the Super Bowl the next year. That was when the fucking South Wickersham thing comes out and all this stuff. And um, one of the things that – so Brady's guy asking this question. He goes, you know, one thing I – he's like, I hate how everybody wants to know my opinion. Everybody wants my opinion. They want my thoughts. They want this. They want that, blah, blah, blah. And then I saw like a tweet today. They're like, Brady's upset that everybody wants to know what he thinks, but he just put out a 10 part documentary series all about himself. You know, <laughs> like it says, but this was a quote from Gronk and it, and it, it made me laugh, made me roll my eyes, made me do a lot of things. Uh, I'm not in rage mode, but it just, it, it, it got me in a place. Uh, this was one from Gronk quote, football is tough and you've got to really 
have joy in order to play the game of football. You got to enjoy that. No doubt. Uh, when you're not, it just becomes like a job. So once the joy is gone, I mean, you got to walk away from the game. Like, isn't football his job? Like, isn't that what Rob Gronkowski does for a living? Is he not like when he files his taxes at the end of the year and fills out his little form and stuff, does, does he not write professional football player, employer, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And I just kind of sat there and thought like, you've made millions and millions of dollars as a professional football player because of the way you play football. You have made millions of dollars off the football field because of your image because of it. I have a problem when guys are like, Oh, I can't play football anymore. Cause it feels like a job. I do too. Um, you can have it as a job and enjoy doing it too. You and I, you know, I mean, we do what we do because we do it because we enjoy it and it brings us money. Right. Um, lots of players out there, lots of players play it as a job. Just, it is their job. They know it, you know, and, and, uh, there's a reason why certain players go beyond what they are when they're good and they continue playing longer. One, obviously they still enjoy it. And two, they don't want to, you know, it's the only job that they've known their entire lives and everybody's kind of, I don't know about you, but me personally moving into a new job that I would not know nothing about when I'm used to doing something for the last 10, 15 years, it's kind of a scary, scary proposition. No one likes to walking into the unknown. So they want to continue fighting for that same job that they have. So uh, it, it is a job. It is a job, but it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy your job while you're doing it. Now with Gronk, sure. If he doesn't like it no more and he wants to quit, that's his prerogative. And more power to him. What's he going to do afterwards? We don't know. He'll probably sit back on a cruise ship and and drink and 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 Gronk smash Legos. I don't something like that. I don't know. You know what though? I think where people have a problem with it, and I don't necessarily have a problem. Like I didn't. Like I said, I'm not sitting here raging about this. But I think where people have a problem, it's like, dude, I would give up everything I have to get paid to play football. It, you know, and it's one of those things you and I talk off air. I'm going to let people behind the camera a little bit. You and I talk off air. We message each other. And one thing that we talk about is how much work this is, right? Like, and how we watch football games differently. I was talking to my family about this on the weekend or uh, during the Christmas break. And they were like, oh, you know, it's so great. You get to sit down all day, watch football on Sunday. Your wife doesn't bother you because she knows it's for your work and you get paid and you do this. And, you know, you and I make uh, pretty decent money now and we work for different organizations and different networks. So we got to take it serious. And I was explaining to my dad that I don't watch football the way a fan watches football anymore. I said, uh, I don't just get to sit there and be a raging lunatic or sit there and jump around celebrating. I got to watch every play and try to figure out is this content? Why did they do that? You know what I mean? How do I talk about this to the masses? How do I explain this to the people who don't understand football? How do I make it fun for the people who do understand football? How do I, you know, how do I tweak people on Twitter to get them upset about it or happy about what I'm saying? It's all mm -hmm. about the content. It's what I get paid to do guys. I do. When I put things on Twitter, I think about what I'm writing. Um, it, it, it's to get a reaction. It, it, you know what? And people may not want to hear this, but a part of my job uh, not necessarily on YouTube, YouTube and my podcast is like my outlet to, to just say what I want to talk about, but on Newsbreak, on Dean, Bleen, Dean Blundell and all that, a part of my job is to generate clicks. That's how I get paid. It's by people clicking. That's what keeps me employed by these different organizations. What um, a concept. Yeah. My, <laughs> my podcast, 
on the Dean Blundell network. Mm-hmm. I need clicks. My, my blogs need clicks. My vlogs mm-hmm. over on Newsbreak need clicks. And I was talking about it. And I said, you know, like I said, I wake up on a Sunday and the first four hours of my day, I'm thinking like, okay, what are the games today? What games do I need to focus on? Am I going to watch red zone? Am I going to flip between two games? Okay. There's like seven good games at one o'clock. I'm going to watch red zone. I have to watch the Patriots game on red zone because there's six other games I got to cover. Cause I cover the NFL for, you know, I cover the entire NFL. I can't just zero mm-hmm. in. I'll watch, I'm watching the full Patriots game at one o'clock in the morning. So I can, you know, break down everything that happened in the Patriots game, or I have red zone on the TV and I've got the Patriots game on my laptop or vice versa. So during commercial break of the Patriots game, I'm watching red. Anyways, I said, first of all, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. You know what I mean? Because I know how stupid it sounds. Oh, poor Ray, you get paid to, to, to watch football. And I'm bringing this to the audience's attention right now because I know there's a lot of you rolling your eyes going, oh, here's two guys. You know, I'd love to get paid to watch football. I'm bringing this to your attention so you will roll your eyes because that's the comparison I'm putting to Gronk, right? Gronk complaining about having to play football and it being a job is the equivalent of how I just explained what Lawrence and I talked about off air is us complaining about having to get paid to watch football and talk about football. Yes, there's a lot of other stuff we have to do behind the scenes. Like talking is actually not the work. It's all the other stuff behind the scenes. However, the I odds of me the- blowing my knee out watching a game though is, is very low. Also, it's true, so. but the odds of you and I making millions and <laughs> millions of dollars doing this is also very low as well. Right. Yes, I mean, correct. There's one Pat McAbee right yeah. now you know what I mean? <laughs> who's built this this empire on on youtube so i guess what i get at is is i get why people would look at gronk and be like fuck you you know what i mean the same way from a smaller scale people be turning around going are these guys really fucking arguing or fucking complaining about talking like football or, or you know because they talk about football and i was doing that to get the to show the comparison so if you're rolling your eyes at me that was the that was the, the effect I was looking for. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we talk about it all the time uh, about how much work we put into it and that we can't enjoy it. Like you're talking. I mean, I still enjoy it, but 90% of my time is sitting there watching film, right. And, and, and going through film and, and, and that isn't necessarily enjoyable because it's film. I've already seen it's, it's plays I've already seen. There's no newness to it, you know, and I'm just, going through it consistently, you know, hour after hour, day after day, looking at film. I still like doing it because it's, you know, in that aspect of, you know, football and sports. And, and I enjoy the fact that I'm able to do it because other people like consuming that. Right. But it's still a job, you know, it's still a job. And, and, there's a lot of people out there that love their jobs or don't love their jobs, but you still keep your job because you need the money. Yeah. Right. Whether you, no, like I think it it's fair to say like we it. love our job. It's fair to say. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I don't want people rolling their eyes too much. At us, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I love my job. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And that's just the effect I was looking for. Like everybody has to work. You play professional football. You know, I think it's like, if that's how you feel, shut up because it's just, it's that's to me i'm not saying shut up and play football but don't complain to me that you're playing football you know what i mean don't make this big public like oh man it's not as fun as it was when i was a kid well guess what when you were 10 years old your parents were paying for you to play football they weren't you know people weren't paying hundreds sometimes thousands of dollars to watch you play football there's a big difference people are spending hundreds of dollars on your jerseys you're a part of this money making machine make your money use yourself 
You don't want to play, don't play, but don't complain about it. That's what I get at. Don't complain about it. And now, just, if it's a health problem, like you've been beat yes. up, had a lot of injuries and stuff, and you want to move on, that's different. That's fine. Go ahead, do that, you know, because your your future is more important than right now. But you know, if you're if you're in perfect health and everything and you're out there, like we said, we would we would give up everything to go out there and, and, and get and get on the gridiron and get paid yeah. to do that. And I'd play injured. I would. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? I really, I really would. So, and and I think it comes down to, and I, and just to finish off our point about content creating, it's one of the things like people are going, oh, it's one of the reasons I'm passionate about soccer, right? Like I've always, soccer has always been a, a, one of my favorite sports. I played it my whole life. You know, I love it, but my passion is even stronger now the last couple of years. And I was explained, this is, this is really behind the curtains. I never actually explained this to anybody, but for two hours a day or a week, I sit down and I watch Bayern Munich as a fan. I don't have to write about it. I don't have to break it down. I don't have to talk to anybody about it. I just sit there for two hours and consume the game like a fan. You know what I mean? Where Until Mondays when Connor decides to go with the other. Well, when, when we do the Bundesliga <laughs> break. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I get to just consume yeah. it as a fan. I get to talk about it as a fan. I don't have to do this breakdown. Um, Edward says that Gronk is only there because Brady cried and begged him to play. Um McChicken says Gronk smash Legos. Never thought I'd hear Lawrence say. Well, you all saw that on TV after the Super Bowl, right? I mean, come on. Look at these idiots, man. Um, Edward says I have three TVs so I can watch the games at once, thinking about getting a fourth. Yeah, like I said, I have red zone on the TV. If the Patriots are playing, it's streaming on my laptop. And sometimes, like this weekend, I'll probably have red zone, Patriots, and I'll probably have the Bills running on my on my phone just to see because there's there's some afc east implications right uh b from ohio says gronk will retire this year uh uh, for brady or for good brady on his own um and edward says wouldn't it be great if bb called gronk to come back to the pats i don't think he would so i gotta tell you something for this weekend only because of what the implications could be for sunday night football I am hoping for the Colts to lose. And let me tell you why. Okay. Because I want to see the Raiders and the Chargers kneel the ball 15 times each on the Sunday night football play for the tie to make the playoffs. It's the only reason I am cheering for the Colts to lose this weekend. Otherwise I really don't care. The Patriots are in the playoffs. There's no, there may be seating implications, but I don't even give a shit. Cause I told you just making the playoffs is what I wanted. But just so I could see NBC squirm all evening waiting to see what the Raiders and the Chargers would do on Sunday Night Football would be fucking amazing. Last year, the Indianapolis Colts finished their season uh, playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Jonathan Taylor had 253 yards rushing. But that was not (laughs) in Jacksonville. No, no. When's the last time the Colts won in Jacksonville? 2014. Fuck, that's a long time ago. But... You also beat the Patriots this year, so you got one monkey off your back. Maybe it's time to get another. Now, to be fair, like half the times we played in Jacksonville wasn't actually in Jacksonville. It was in London because Jacksonville and the NFL and London and all that stupid crap. Yes, but it's been since 2014. Yeah. I just want to see them kneel the ball 15 times. Just give it to me. Just give me one thing. 
Are you going to stick around for the Patreon questions tonight? If not, I have a question for you that I can't. Answer. I will. I will stick around for at least a little while. You know, okay. depending... I can't do it too long tonight. I'm actually making a guest appearance at nine o'clock on somebody else's podcast. So I, I've got to balance that. Just wanted to talk to you about that. Okay. So I won't ask you that question then because it's a better question for you than it is to me. Um, McChicken's got your back apparently. And, uh, Sergio says, bro, could you imagine both teams just kneeling just to get the playoffs? Why not? So, like, like, tell me something, though, okay? Let's pretend it's role reversals. Let's pretend the Raiders lost. And now all the Chargers and the Colts need is a tie each to make the playoffs. If you lose, you're out. But if you take a knee, you stay in, right? <laughs> Would you not be tempted for the Colts to talk to their team and say, let's just play for the tie? Nobody get hurt. You know, like, why risk injury? We can both make the playoffs. And I just wonder what the NFL's reaction to that would be, because I think it'd be fucking hilarious. That would be the most memed game in, in like, the history of sports, right? I mean, the narratives on that would be ridiculous. It wouldn't happen, and no team wants to do that. But it's just, wow. I mean, you wouldn't be able to stop. It's... It'd be like AB taking his shirt off and retiring. Imagine that. Imagine somebody doing that. Could you imagine somebody just fucking retiring from the game of football and just taking their shirt off like in the third quarter? Like that would be phenomenal. On the last play of the game, quarterback just takes everything off right there and then throws it bare. Imagine Carson Wentz. Imagine (laughs) Carson Wentz. Wild card game. Like just fuck it. Just takes his shoulder pads off. I'm out of here. That'd be like 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 a hairdresser quitting halfway through the haircut. You know what I mean? Or, like, or 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 next week, Ben Roethlisberger on the road, and and he's like losing, so he's not going to make the playoffs, and he just says screw it and just strips naked right there on the field. How <laughs> amazing would that be? I mean, <laughs> Ben would be in my mind like Ben would be idolized, like just I would idolize him the rest of my life just to be like I'm going out like this. Fuck it, AB right? is not stealing my thunder. <laughs> did you see the? Uh, did you see the tribute to to? to Roethlisberger last night in in Heinz, uh, just the ovation. I thought I thought look, as an as a total casual observer, I, I I already kind of told Joe at the beginning. I showed him a tweet I put out today. To me, you can't talk about the history of the NFL without talking about Ben Roethlisberger, especially the 2010s, uh, two time Super Bowl champion. But you just think about a couple. Uh, I think two NFC Championship games, three NFC Championship wins. Um, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, the the battles between him and Manning, him and Brady. I mean, there were so many years there that the Colts, the Patriots, the Steelers were all in first place, and they would all mm-hmm. play each other every year, you know, and play that first place schedule. Um, watching him walk around Heinz Field, doing the waves, the standing ovation. Um, just uh, as a non fan and somebody who respects Ben, and and again, be just because he was a part of that era of quarterback I grew up with for the most part. You know what I mean? Um, I was a little bit older when he came in the league, but I was still a, a very young man. Um, I almost got emotional just watching it happen. I put out a tweet saying, uh, "I'm gonna miss watching him play." What did you think of of the just the the send off that Heinz Field gave to him, which is more than likely his last. Well, no, it was his last game in Pittsburgh, and then obviously this Sunday will more than likely be his last game in football. Yeah, I mean, for fans, it was great. Uh, it's just freaking awesome for, for 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 the fan of the team, fan of fan of Ben Roethlisberger, and as a fan of outside uh, the Steelers, it, it was also great because now uh, it's going to be almost impossible for him to back out. Uh, and come back next year. 
Well, I mean, but the Colts no, get a new no. quarterback every year, right? You you join right, it, so right, right. You know, next year we'll we'll probably bring Ben Roethlisberger back. I don't know. Uh, at, some, at some point, <laughs> we're going to have to have a discussion about Carson Wentz because I know there's a raging debate in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. We haven't yeah, talked sure. about this all season. It may be something I want to hold actually till the season's over and it's all said and done because if if he wins a Super Bowl, people are going to have a very different opinion of Carson Wentz because that's just you know recently biased. Okay, one more thing I want to quickly go over. Then I got to cut away. We got to go finish this party on Patreon. I will drop you out for a few minutes when I finish off the show. Don't go anywhere. We'll pop you up when we get back to Patreon. However, uh, did you see that mess in Washington? on Sunday when the Philly fans fell through that partition and almost like crushed Jalen Hurts. And um, I saw, I saw, I, I saw tweets of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jalen Hurts sent a letter mm-hmm. to Washington in the NFL today. I want to read it to everybody. Uh, he says to whom it may concern. I'm writing this to inquire about what follow-up action is being considered in response to the near tragic incident that took place at FedEx field on January 2nd, 2022. Uh, As you're aware, many of the individuals, including fans, media personnel, and myself were placed in a dangerous situation that when the partitions at the FedEx field tunnel collapsed, although I was able to prevent the barrier from crushing, crashing onto me, that was uh, that was not the same for others who could be suffering from lingering injuries. Though the initial shock, my first reaction was to assist those individuals. However, while I displayed a calm composure, I understand the severity of what happened and I'm extremely concerned for the well-being of the fans and media. As a result, I would like to know what safeguards the NFL and the Washington football team are implementing to prevent this from ever occurring in the future. The resources of the NFL and team organizations ensure our safety throughout playing this physical sport. But what happened on Sunday put both fans and players unnecessarily at risk long after the final whistle. I look forward to hearing from you on this matter. Sincerely, Jalen Hurts, number one. Bravo, young man. Bravo. Um, I wasn't expecting that letter. When I saw that come across Twitter today, I had to like double check and make sure it wasn't a fake. You know what I mean? I was not expecting Jalen Hurts because to it's do not that. something. It's not something that goes to social media. No, you know, and what just I mean? such a mature young man to to care. I don't even think he really cares about himself in that situation. I think he saw a bunch of Eagle fans fall over. The, he, I mean, I think he says, "Fuck, that could have fallen on me." I was going over to give him a high five, but um, it had to happen in Washington because fuck it, why not? You know what I mean? Like it just, it might as well have happened. It was going to be there or Las Vegas. One or the other. Yes. One of those two, (laughs) one of those two. Um, but I was just like, good for you. Like I read that and I was like, this is a fucking young kid who's under constant, constant scrutiny in Philadelphia. Let's face Mm -hmm. it. I mean, they treat him probably the same way they treated Carson. It's a tough city to play in. Uh, I say it's worse than playing in new England. People say new England is the worst place. The fucking media sucks in Philly. The fans suck in Philly, uh, except for my boy over at uh, Philly, Philly TP. There's, there's uh, a few, uh, there's a few fans. I have respect. I'm not saying all of them. Lord Brunson, yeah. those kind of guys, they're fine. But what I'm saying is for the most part, when I say they suck, I mean like in the sense of they are fucking on their players worse than a lot than probably any fan base in like the world. KC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable kid. So impressed with the letter. So impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly's got an outside chance of making the playoffs. Uh, for him's sake, I know it's not going to help the Carson case, but for his sake, I hope he makes it. He was a kid I wanted to be the Patriots quarterback. 
Um, good on you, man. Good on you. Very mature. Nick Saban taught him that. That's what I, that's what I'm going to say over at Alabama. Um, <laughs> I was impressed. I was impressed with the kid. I got to say it. Like I'm just. I was impressed with him for for putting this letter out. I don't know if it needed to be out on social media, but yeah, for him to to reach out and ask and 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 try to, you know, make sure that something like that would not happen again is 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 uh, shows concern. Um, obviously, in a situation, no, no football team. No, no one in the NFL wants something like that to happen. No one wants, you know, an opportunity for a fan or media or players to get hurt, you know, because I mean, let's, let's face it, that's liability, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm sure it's going to be taken care of hurts. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. And I'm sure that um, the Washington football team and um, the NFL will probably be posting a response to that letter in the next few days probably as well fully expected since that became such a big thing me from ohio says that does it washington football team is getting sent to idaho as punishment for effing everything up uh mcchicken says oklahoma how about alaska alaska would no i like i like alaska don't mess well yeah don't get me wrong but i mean it's freezing up there. Connor is moving to Alaska to grow pizza, so let's not fucking force him that the the WFT. Gonna, yeah, grow pizza? He's going to grow frozen pizzas, yes. We've we've okay. planned, we've okay. mapped it all out for him. I missed that one. <laughs> you missed that one. We talked about it four days a week. <laughs> uh, McChicken says Oklahoma quarterback. I understand he's Oklahoma quarterback. He was transferred from Alabama. Uh, Edward, don't worry about it, man. You don't get that much more on the... You get some on the Patreon. Just enjoy it here. I'm not, you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, Sergio, I do remember that. Vontae David retired at halftime. Yep. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Hilarious. Uh, absolutely hilarious. Delusional Patriot fan says, sure. He put it out because uh, he shows how the Washington football team just waits for the public to forget. And it's true. They do. Um, which, by the way, everybody, just so you know, now that that's reminded me, I will be bringing up my bi-weekly rant about the Snyders and the NFL and Washington and their cover-up. Uh, I do it on Newsbreak, and I'm very harsh on them on Newsbreak, and it's really funny because Newsbreak monitors everything I do. They care about my tone, but they let me go off about the Snyders and the NFL, so I feel like they're on our side on this one. They just let me, just whatever I want to say, as long as I don't swear, I have made some pretty harsh accusations on there, and they've kept every video up and not restricted me. Um, so I will be in the next day or so going on my rant because I don't want people, I do not want people to forget that, what was it? 2000 emails were investigated mm -hmm. and the only ones that got released were John Gruden and Adam Schefter of all people. And it was Adam Schefter confirming a story with a source, uh, the Snyders are no good. And I'm telling you the reason it's not being released and Patriot fans are not going to want to hear this because there's emails from Robert Kraft. There's emails from Jerry Jones. There's emails from Roger Goodell. There's emails from Arthur Blank. There are emails from some of the most prominent owners and officials in the NFL. And if the NFL wants me to stop saying it, release 
the freaking documents and I can stop doing conspiracy theory, but I'm bringing that back up. Anyways, Lawrence, you don't won't have to be here for my rant on the Schneiders and the NFL and the cover up, but I appreciate you coming on. You can find Lawrence over on his YouTube channel, Colts Law. Also, just look up Lawrence Owen. You can find him on his podcast, the Colts Law podcast. You can also find him on the Believe in Colts podcast with Dequell Jackson and Lawrence Owen. And uh, Lawrence just likes to message me and brag about all these opportunities he's got coming up and he might be joining my favorite show in the whole entire world and i'm uh, gonna that's that's a slim chance i don't even my, give a shit host will it got brought up <laughs> it got brought up so the fact that you were even in the conversation is yeah. just whatever i appreciate it. you can also follow him on twitter at colds underscore law lawrence i know i told them where to find you but why don't you tell them what they can expect on your podcast in your youtube channel Talk about oh. your film breakdowns, everything, so that they know it's a good football guy to follow. Oh, yeah. I, I, I talk about – mainly I talk about the Indianapolis Colts and, and give kind of an unbiased opinion on what I see from the film, you know, good or bad, doesn't matter. Um, I do get into the film. I look at stuff, uh, bring up uh, things that a lot of people miss. You know, the, they're going to they're gonna show you what a guy did bad, but he's not going to show you why it was that way. I'm going to show you why it was that way, whether it was good or bad. Uh, and I enjoy the heck out of doing stuff like that. I haven't, uh, I, I got a new one that will be coming out this month, but, or this week, but I'm putting that Patreon only. And cause I feel like, you know, those people that are paying for my Patreon deserve special treatment. I'm sorry. I, they, they, they pay me money every week. I think they, they deserve a little extra, you know? So, I'm, I'm making sure that I, I start getting that out to them as well. So who's the room on who's the room on uh, it, it's, it's actually going to be on Carson Wentz and how he's played the last couple of weeks. Go uh, check out Lawrence's Patreon page, patreon.com slash Colts law. Lawrence Owen, Lawrence Owen slash Lawrence Owen five bucks, five bucks. You're the same as me, right? Mm -hmm. five, five bucks. Dollars. Lawrence and I make sure we're not, those greedy ass creators that are like $24.99 for tier two, $10.99 for tier one, five bucks. You get exclusive film rooms. Uh, some of you might remember Lawrence used to do film rooms for our, our channel for whatever godforsaken reason. They never took off here. I don't understand why nobody, it was, it was a shame because they were very, very well done. And for the few that watched it, loved it. Um, but it was a lot of work for Lawrence and Lawrence even went out and paid for film so that he could do one on, I think it was Mac Jones or Christian Barmore, one of the two. And uh, I think it got like 200 views, and I was so pissed, so pissed. And we pushed the shit out of it. But you guys just want to see me make an ass out of myself. That's all you're looking for. I don't understand. My dryer has been beeping at me for an hour, and I can't figure out why. I keep looking at it. Like, if anybody hears the beep, 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 that's my dryer going off. I don't hear it. Um, Lawrence, I appreciate you. I'm going to drop you out and finish this thing off myself, but don't go anywhere because uh, we'll go over to the Patreon in just a couple of minutes here. So I appreciate you having it on. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lawrence Owen. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. It's just you and me. It's just us chilling out. The party's going to continue on over on the Patreon page for a little bit. If you are listening to the audio, you get the whole thing. So any of you on YouTube, if you want to get the next part that you can't get on Patreon, Edward, man, just download the podcast. And uh, when it comes out, it'll be up in a few hours. And the Patreon audio is on there. Just the video is over at, at Patreon. Um, so I want to share a couple of things with you guys before I take off today. I got a DM today from somebody. 
He said, Ray, I really enjoy the podcast. I appreciate that. I know I didn't write back to you. I don't respond a lot. I apologize, but you wrote to me like, I really appreciate the podcast. I'm like, I, I thank you. Um, but you brought up something really interesting. You said, you know, Ray, I could just imagine it was the weirdest comment. And if you're there, I'm sorry, but you're like, I could just imagine sitting down and having a conversation with you, uh, not just about football. You sound really smart. It sounds like we could have an intellectual conversation. And I was like, man, I really appreciate that. This is a, a text that I sent to my wife today. I said, oh my God, we didn't get to finish watching New Girl before they took it off Netflix. That's the kind of conversation that you're going to have with me. Um, so I appreciate you. And yes, I can go on these long, exaggerated rants, but uh, I like to have too much fun to have intellectual conversations. I have intellectual conversations at work all day where we get like deep stuff when it comes to like people's mental health and all that. So at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time from Monday to Friday, I fucking have no desire to have an intellectual conversation. Um, and just to prove that, here was my thought of the day. As you all know, I throw out a thought of the day. My thought of the day today was it's come to my attention that with all the pornography on the Internet, young adults are unable to masturbate with their imagination. They need the use of video. I find this troublesome and I worry about future generations. That is the kind of intellectual conversation that you're going to have with me if you want to have conversations uh, with me. Uh, I'm immature for my age. I'm immature for any age. I'm immature for a 10-year-old. But I still appreciate you guys coming out of the podcast. I really, really do. Don't forget, we're going to go. The party's going to continue on. We're going to uh, go over to the Patreon now. Lawrence here. Joe is back, so we're going to have an even bigger conversation over on the Patreon live uh, so I appreciate all of y'all, uh, who are watching on YouTube. This is where we part way. If you're listening to the audio on the podcast, don't go anywhere, man. Cause you get it. So anybody on YouTube, go get the, the, the podcast. Uh, but for those of you on YouTube, don't forget, check me out at Dean Blundell.com. Dean Blundell.com. Uh, you can find my blogs over there. You can find my podcast over there. You can also find my podcast, you know, Apple podcast and Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Make sure you go check me out on Newsbreak. Uh, where I do football blogs all over the world. Doing, a, I did a Tomlin one today. I did a Washington football team changing the name. I did one about Big Ben. I'm doing one about uh, Jonathan Taylor and how he should be the MVP of the league. And I'm doing one about Bill Belichick, that he should be coming out and taking a bow uh, for everything that he's done this season uh, because he deserves it. He won't take it, but he deserves it. And I will be talking about all of that. Um, so, yeah, uh, appreciate y'all. Hope that y'all have a good day. For those of you on Patreon, don't go anywhere. For those of you on the podcast, don't go anywhere. And uh, never forget that you're all legit, kid. The music's done, but I'm not done. Still live over on Patreon. Still live on the well, not live on the podcast, obviously. You guys are just got the audio. It's all good though. Lauren stuck around. Joe came back. Let's bring him back. Hey fellas, how's it going? What's going on, bro? I just oh, dipped out because I didn't know what your format was gonna be for the evening. So I thought, well, I don't wanna because you know, God forbid I, if, you know, God forbid I explain it to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just changed yeah. up the entire format for those of you listening to the audio podcast. So I used to go on live at seven thirty, seven thirty till eight thirty. Had the guest on, and then 
at uh I do the Patreon for 10, 15 minutes, and that was the podcast. What I decided was I go on at seven o'clock, I do 10 minutes on my own. Uh, because that was the one thing I found when I had guests, I never had that alone time. You know what I mean? Like I never had that 10 minutes just to, to chat about what I want to chat about. Uh, 10 minutes alone, 20 minutes decided, drop the link into the Patreon. It's there every night, guys. You can see it there linked in the Patreon. If you're on the audio podcast, go to a patreon.com slash DPN sports. Uh, we could have five people, 10 people. I said, it's really worked out well. Cause it's been like, I started it yesterday. So it's only been two people like Ross showed up. He was the only one to show up yesterday. You were the only one to show up today. So it's kind of nice. We've had these like one-on-one 20 minute conversations about whatever. Um, so we do that, and then our guest co-host pops in at 7.30, so the Patreon drops out. Well, tomorrow, today was Lawrence, tomorrow was Mario, Thursday's Mike, obviously yesterday was Connor. We do a half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever. We go off live from YouTube and Twitter, but we're still live on, on uh, Patreon. The guests have the option of staying, going, doesn't matter. If you're the Patreon guest, you want to wait till we go back live on Patreon, you're more than welcome to stay like Joe did tonight, and Lawrence... Uh, Hangs out as well. But, gentlemen, I got to get to the Patreon questions so we can all maybe answer them together. Have some fun. Uh, because I got to go to another podcast tonight. And uh, as you know, Lawrence, I, I hate going on other people's podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I, I like it because 99% of the time they're bigger than me. So I have a chance to get more, you know. There is like, <laughs> there is like the smallest handful of people in the world. <laughs> where i will go on their podcast and it has nothing to do with their size or nothing it just i genuinely like them so it's like yeah i'll be I a mean, friend I'll yeah go they, they gotta be respectful i, I don't want to jump into someone's podcast knowing that i'm about to get chewed up you know i mean that's that's not oh i'll, I'll go yeah. I, there's one there's one i go to <laughs> that i know i'm gonna get torn apart when i'm there but i don't mind it like rico's like I, but i love rico you're on rico's too right yeah. I, I love rico rico's and a fellow canadian love him we met through a collab. We met through just like some collaboration on somebody else's channel. Love the guy to death. <clears throat> but uh, go check him over at Buffalo Fanatics. Rico, one of the co-founders. Oh yeah, He's um, cool. solid, solid guy. But yeah, there's like a handful of people whose shows I'll go do. Uh, Griff is one. Mississauga boy. <laughs> you know, I, I do a lot of the Canadian stuff. Uh, but uh, Griff's a Patriots fan as well. Uh, obviously, Philly, Philly, the podcast. My boy Joe, love him. Lawrence. You've always got me, you know that. I'll bitch and whine about it the entire time, but I'll show up, you know. <laughs> uh, no, there's like Adam. I'll go do Adams, but he's never invited me. But I've always told Adam if you want me. Yeah. Um, uh, Keith is just a big timer now, so I don't. I was doing his podcast though, but now he's working on the radio out there in New York. So uh, yeah, good for covering him. the net. I think it's not just the nets. I think he's just doing the whole. He's got a whole radio show. Yeah. Doing the evening show till yep. midnight or whatever. Good for him anyways yeah so there's like this small handful i went on you know what you know what i think it is i went on this podcast about a year ago and i didn't want to sound arrogant by any means right but i went on this podcast a year ago i did an hour with the guy and it was this british guy and he asked me three million questions and it was one of those things like i wasn't in the mood it was a friday night it was like 10 o'clock on a friday night that he asked me to go on and do this and do the recording went through the whole thing and it got like nine views. Like I'm checking it. It got like nine views on YouTube. And I was like, that's but just a what, waste. That's just a waste of my time. You know what I mean? What is that? A, was it only YouTube? Did it, did it go on to like an, uh, an audio no, podcast? It was just, you, it was just uh, YouTube, no, but I, I never, I, I never used to check out people's stuff. I used to just say, yeah, sure. 
right? Because when I was first starting, I used to ask people and they wouldn't come on. So I was just like, yeah, sure. I don't want to sound arrogant, but I got to a point where I'm just <gasps> like, dude, like I'm on sportscaster seven days a week. I'm doing my own shit five or six days a week. I'm doing all the short videos. I just don't have time to go do a podcast like that anymore. I don't want to sound like a dick. You know what I mean? There's it, some guys out there that have like a total of like nine or 15 views that I'll still go because I like them and I'm there to support them. You know, I didn't I mean? know who this guy was. He was an yeah. awful interviewer, awful, awful interviewer. Um, okay. At least if you're going to interview me, like, dude, you, you asked me one question and I went on a 15 minute tirade about, yeah. Not yeah. even a tirade. I thought it was yeah, an elegant just, explanation of what uh, forever. <laughs> I could have took a nap. <laughs> I like <laughs> you cut you cut me off so you could do an ad. Yeah. Otherwise, I probably could have kept going. Joe, I know you do videos, but you do podcasts and shit too, or just videos? No, I I haven't really, you know, to be honest with you, I could be doing a lot more with it. I've just had a lot going on in my personal life here lately where it's like, I kind of, if I'm going to set my mind to doing something, I, I want to do it right. I want to get out there. I want to start off with a solid foundation. I want to get, you know, the thing set up the way I want it set up so I can tear into it and hammer down. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now with, with all that. I mean, I have some stuff planned. It's just been, uh, there's been a lot going on. Um, and, uh, back and forth some family things it's it's been kind of crazy a lot of travel uh, there for a few months it was just absolute chaos and i didn't really have time to set my feet and then i also was doing a radio uh for a, a while and i decided to quit doing that because it was cutting into uh what i really really want to do um i'll get there i'll, I'll get there I'll lay out that when you're ready, I, I, you are one of the small handful of people that I would gladly, I don't even care if we get no views, I would <clears> gladly <throat> go talk football with. You got to entertain me. And I mean, I had a great time for that 20 minutes tonight that we were going. I almost wanted to say, Lawrence, go away. You know what I mean? I'm just going to keep Joe <laughs> on. The rest of the I'm just playing. Still, you're not stealing my patron member. <laughs> so ready. He's a Patreon member for me. He's already split. And listen, okay, like half your Patreon when I go over there. I'm like, oh, <coughs> hi, Matt. Hi, hi, Thomas. Hi, hi Francisco. Hi, hi, hi Mike. Francisco. Hi, yeah. all of my Patreon people. <laughs> yeah, I got you. like half of them are Patriots and half of them are Colts. Yeah, it's true. All right, I got I'm the oddball here with the you know the, the black Steelers. and gold. It's all good though, man, because you you dead. you're all honest about what you feel you know and believe it or not i got a bunch of bills fans who are on my patreon my be since i've switched i've pulled people in from newsbreak i know because i've gotten messages from people saying like i found you on newsbreak clicked your link yada yada i brought in a bunch from dean blundell right um that have you know found my stuff now um and then but having mario on all the time has brought in these bills fans and i've been on hashtag a bunch and like you know me, I'm a pretty objective Patriots fan. If anything, I'm probably more harsh on the Patriots than I have to be, especially when I'm on somebody else's channel, right? Um, and uh, 
I got a big <laughs> Buffalo Bills fan, like a big contingency of Buffalo Bills fans on my Patreon and on my, uh, they don't come on the live stream, but it, based on the messages I get, it's, uh, it's crazy. But Lawrence, this one is directly for you. This one comes from Thomas who says, why couldn't the Raiders stop the Colts or how come the Raiders could stop the Colts and the Patriots couldn't? Well, one, Okay, so here's 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 what I looked at that that game is one of those situations where I was like the first half of that game, right up until that last drive where Carson Wentz drove down the field and scored, you could tell that like half the team hadn't practiced that week because of COVID. You you could absolutely tell that. You know, yeah. I mean, they were out of sync. They weren't in timing with each other. The throws were way off. Everything. It was just bad. Uh, it was bad execution. Special teams was got worst special teams performance by the Colts I have seen since I have been covering them the last six years. Okay. It was on a whole, it was worse than that one play uh, against the Patriots on a whole. You know, obviously that one play is as bad as you're going to get, right, against the Patriots when you're like, I'm going to fake punt this. Uh, <laughs> but on a whole, it was it was they, they couldn't cover anybody. It was it was terrible. And I, I think it was because they had 15 guys, 12 of them starters, that did not practice because they were on the COVID list, you know. Could you not have done that like two weeks earlier on a Saturday night maybe? Just had a shit game? Like, no? It no. happens. It happens. You know, I mean, we every every team has a game that's that's just ass, right? So I want you to know, I I went back and forth with myself. Do I do it? Do I not do it? Do I do it? Do I not do it? You were ballsy when you put out the tweet with the guarantee. You were even ballsier when you doubled down on it three days before the game. And I went back and forth whether we go through that tweet tonight. Like, do we? Do I bring it up? Do I pull it up? Do I pull it up? And decided not to. I decided to pull it back and not to. But I was going to say. I was right your... that the Raiders still didn't stop Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I was going to say, you <laughs> jinxed they... it. It's your fault. <laughs> you doubled down. I thought, you know what's funny, too? When you put that out, I'm like, ooh, that's ballsy. Like. Mm-hmm. You're you're fucking flexing with two games. I was left. I was believing it, you know. <sighs> I believe it, and and looking at it, you couldn't you not believe. You just got done beating all these good teams right in a row, you know, yeah. and then you're playing the Raiders and the Jaguars. Why? Who wouldn't double down on that? Right? Oh, I know. I, you're I tried to warn you. I tried to warn you. <laughs> but I tried to warn you. I, I almost. You. I, I agree with you, Joe. I almost messaged you and I was like, oh, I'm like, don't do it now. Wait two weeks. Like, wait till it's done and be like, look at me. I'm a fucking genius. I'm like, don't double down two days before the game when half your team's got COVID. You know? <laughs> I still felt like, and, and, and I still don't regret doing it. I still don't because I believed in it right then. And I still, you know, if put in that same situation, I'd do it again. You know? Luckily, you did it like on Thursday, and that tweet kind of got buried, and it wasn't like and I don't think a lot of people bookmarked the second one, so there wasn't like a whole lot of backlash. Because I went looking after to see what the yeah response. there was none. There was and like I thought about two responses. I thought about not responding to you, but like all the Colts fans who responded to your second one, like yeah, nobody believes. I thought about going in there and being like, because look, you lost, and I was just gonna troll them all. But I was like, ah, oh, then Lawrence is gonna think I'm trolling him, so I'm like, I just I pulled it back. I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. That's uh, awesome. it. Interesting question here. 
And it goes actually back to something I was talking about last night. Uh, it says, if you talk about a real leader, you must consider Big Ben. Is Patrick Mahomes a leader? Is he one of those guys who calls the shots? Does the locker room stand beside him when things go bad? So let me give you my little digression there, and then I'll let you guys go. But I'm going to bring this back to Aaron Rodgers first, and then we'll go to Patrick Mahomes. So one of the common things that we hear as Patriot fans is Aaron Rodgers would win 10 game, 10 Super Bowls if he was a Patriot. And I argue that he wouldn't. Because when I go back to three weeks ago, four weeks ago, when the Patriots beat the Bills in that you know wind tunnel game and Mac Jones threw the ball three times, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show. And they said, what did you think? You know, that game, you know, Mac Jones only throws the ball three times. It's not. And Aaron Rodgers goes, no, nah, it's not acceptable. You know, like you got to throw the ball more. Um, I would never accept not throwing the ball that much. You know, you got to take a shot downfield. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I sat right there and said, that's why he'd never win a Super Bowl in New England because he lost a year in New England. You know what I mean? With that kind of attitude, because I get you're a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. When you're a quarterback, you want to throw the football. I'm sure Mac Jones wanted to throw the football. But to me, I'm like, that's the issue. Even Tom Brady, if Bill Belichick said, Tom, you're not throwing today. We're handing the ball off. You're throwing three times. He would have gritted his teeth. He would have put a hole in his locker, but he would have thrown the, he would have thrown the ball three times because there's a certain sacrifice to winning a championship. Yep. You know what I mean? And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is willing to make that sacrifice. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think at least at the early stage of his career, Patrick Mahomes is either. Anytime the Chiefs are down, and you guys watch, tell me if I'm wrong. Anytime the Chiefs are down, he starts playing hero ball. Everything is a 40-yard bomb, 50-yard bomb down the field. He's trying to make everything happen. He's not taking the underneath passes. He's not checking down. He's not taking the corner and running for five yards. Everything's got to be hero ball. And I think as long as he has that mentality, okay, he might be a good leader in some sense, but he's not going to be that Peyton Manning. I'm going to say the Big Ben. I'm going to say the the Brady, the Breeze, who understands situational football. Now, Mahomes is young. He can still mature into that and realize I don't have to do my own. Aaron Rodgers is not going to change. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. That's the opinion I threw on the table. I'm going to put it up to you guys to see what your thoughts are on this. I will say two things. One, with Aaron Rodgers, I'd let him throw more than three times. I mean, there's a reason why Matt Jones only threw it three times that game, you know. But it, it doesn't matter, though. The, the That wasn't my point. My no, point I, I, was I get you, he said he wouldn't accept that, and that's why he'd never be a Patriot. For, you know what I mean? Yeah, for him. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, the second thing, Patrick Mahomes is not a leader. I don't care. How can you be a leader of a locker room and a leader on the field if you can't be a leader in your own personal life, right? And that's a fact. I If you cannot – deal with your little brother and your girlfriend then how are you supposed to deal with the guys in the locker room how are you supposed to deal with stuff like that you he he does not deal with them at all he lets that's, them do that's and, it's got to be embarrassing too for it, it, it yeah to exactly grow some freaking balls i mean that's the way i feel about that i mean if that was me i'd have done decked my little brother at least three times by now you know, and my girlfriend wouldn't be my girlfriend no more. I'd be like, you're making me look like a, you're, you're making me look like ass while you're out here doing freaking twerking in a bar. 
right? You know, and, and doing stupid shit. Or know? on the or on the fields. Yeah. In yeah, Washington I mean, come, on, come on a on. dead on a dead man's yeah. you know tribute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Uh yeah. yeah. If 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 he can't if he can't take control of his own personal life, I wouldn't want him. Jackson Mahomes is the biggest glory. I call him the 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 famous horse, the fame horse is mm-hmm. the biggest fame whore I ever saw. And I agree with you. Patrick is letting it happen. I agree with you. It yeah. wouldn't be happening if I was in that situation. Joe, I'll throw it to you, man. What what's well, your thought? I don't I don't necessarily think uh at this point he, he is young in his career. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> he's at that point where I think he's uh he's at that age now where it's kind of like do or die. Because you don't expect a quarterback to really, truly have command of the team. Uh, you know, you, you really don't expect that, like, when they're green out of college. Okay, great. He's one of the most supremely talented athletes I've ever seen. Um, absolutely no question about it. But so was Antonio Brown. It's like, at what point, okay, do you get that out of your system? At what point do you start to mature and develop into – and kind of what I call your old man strength and get that whole thing going for you. Like you're a grown ass man here. You're a grown ass man here. Now, just because you won a Super Bowl and you got paid doesn't make you a man. You need and just like kind of what Lawrence was saying, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the bull by the horns and show that you're the buck stops here. Okay. I'm not putting up with this shit. Um, and that's, this is not happening under my watch. You've got to have that. You've got to have that kind of mentality. And I don't see it yet from him. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side of that, um, Aaron Rodgers is kind of like the opposite extreme. I think, uh, big Ben to me, I know. Yeah. I think he, I, I think maybe the perception of big Ben uh in that regard is a little bit embellished as compared to the reality of who he became i mean maybe for a number of years i would consider him a leader um and yeah okay but he's more of he he reminds me more of an aaron Rodgers type it's my way or the highway type shit whether i'm wrong or not and also to me i think the other part of being a leader is taking criticism taking feedback and realizing when you need to change things. Uh, I've been in management before. I've had some actually fairly important management jobs. And one of the critical things there is, okay, you have something in place that you think is going to be, uh, you, you think is going to be successful. And when you're not having success doing those things, what you have to be able to do is you have to be able to go around to people and say, hey, how can we do this better? What are, what are your opinions? Like your, your workers, your teammates, what do we need to do differently here to make this work and you have to be able to take feedback you have to be able to take criticism you have to be able to look inward and say you know what okay maybe there are some things i need to change here too to be that guy who can lead this group of people because in terms of leadership it's not all about you it's about the people that you're leading to you have to lead from the front you can't lead from from the back that that's never going to happen it's never going to work, not not in an NFL locker room and, and certainly not any business that I've been involved with. I don't think that, that, that I've ever respected a quote-unquote boss who wants to lead from the back. It's always you got to lead from the front. 
Uh, if anybody's ever looking for an entertaining night out, I suggest that you go on to Twitter, follow at JTT45, and anytime you're feeling down, just tweet Ben Roethlisberger at him and just walk away and come back a little bit later on and just see what Joe had to come out with. Because there's nothing I look forward to more than hearing Joseph T. Thornburg just start shitting all over. Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, guys, I got one more question. I got to get out of here. Alex says, how much will Antonio Brown be missed, especially with Chris Godwin out, and how far do you think the Bucks make it into the playoffs? Uh, I'm known as a Tom Brady quote-unquote hater, so I'm going to throw this to you guys so that I'm not the quote-unquote Tom Brady hater who I'm just shitting on him and give don't give him the respect he deserves. I think I think it's going to be huge for Tom Brady uh, not having Antonio Brown, and there's a reason. Uh, uh, Tom Brady's relied on him when he was there. You know, he's relied on him on important downs, on, on important third downs. Him and Gronk, those are the two guys that he really trusted and went to. Uh, yeah, I, I think there was a reason why he damn near looked like he cried. You know, when he did that press conference, Brady did. He said, "I hope he gets the help he needs." You know, because that kind of that hurt Brady. I th- I really do believe it did, and um, maybe it did doesn't affect the rest of the team like it does Brady himself. You know, Arians is probably like, "Good, I'm glad he's fine. I finally get to get him out of here, and I got a reason to keep him gone." You know, but because that that he was brought in by Tom, that was not a Bruce Arians thing. That was a Tom thing. That's just like Gronk, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think it'll, I think it'll affect Brady quite a bit because, you know, the trust that he had in him and the friendship he had with him. Yeah. I don't even know what the hell happened that caused that meltdown. I know it was something to do with his ankle. Did somebody say, I mean, who was it that said they weren't going back into the game? Was it Arians or was it Brown said, I, I can't Brown. AB said, Brown. I'm according to Ian Rappaport. Okay. AB a- said, I'm hurt. I can't go <coughs> back in. And they said, get back in there. He said, no. Arian said, get off the sidelines. You're cut. That's according to Ian Rappaport. Okay. Well, you know what? All right. Uh, at that point. All right. Listen, um, I can understand, oh, man. Uh, I guess I can understand it from both sides. I mean, not that he's, he's not going to be missed because he, he was uh, supremely talented. I mean, obviously, but at the same time, it's like how many, all right, uh, how, how much uh, there's, there's a little bit of that, that I just, um, I, I, I don't necessarily believe on either side because of his history with how he has conducted himself and, and who, you, you know, how he doesn't, he, he seems like he just doesn't want to be that like teammate. Who's gonna, it's like, look, you know, all right. All right, if you can't go, you can't go. Like, but look, if your boss is telling you to do something, you know, and you've got a playoff implications, you've got all this other stuff. Obviously, the Patriots are going to make the playoffs, but I, I just think on both sides, I think there should have been a more honest and mature conversation. Like, let's get a doctor involved here. I don't think I can go. And your boss is telling you, hey, get back out there. Hey, man, can I, like, can we talk to a trainer here and see, like, what, you know, know, what's really wrong here? Because I'm telling you, I feel like I can't go because it would have been even worse if he had gone out there and gotten hurt, like, really bad. Then you're really screwed. 
then it's not him storming off the field. But I mean, but, but see, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. How do you listen to that when you see a guy like that take his pads off and and, and make a spectacle out of himself yet again? This is the thing, I guess, where I have issues with this entire situation where the, the, he's had such a history of this. He, it, it's almost like you don't know whether to believe the guy or not. You know, and that's the problem I think he was facing. I mean, uh, okay, you know, if that had happened, uh, you know, in his fourth season before any of this bullshit with him happen and, and the situation arises, then maybe he's completely justified, completely justified because there's not this history of, uh, you know, t- temper tantrums. I mean, it, it comes across to me like just another A-B temper tantrum. And it's kind of like now you're in a situation where it's like the little boy who cried wolf, right? Okay. How many times have we gone through this bullshit with you? Okay. Uh, that, that, so, but I mean, he, he's supremely talented and it's going to, it's going to hurt the Patriots or the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, excuse me. It's going to hurt him. Well, what I can say is, and I got to get out of here and I will, uh, I'll do my outros here in a second, but uh, the only thing that I've thought about AB, and hear me out, maybe he wasn't trying to quit the Buccaneers, okay? Maybe he's found a strategic advantage to how to play the game. Perhaps Antonio Brown is, this is a prime example for you on watching the audio pod. I'm showing a glistening naked photo of Antonio Brown. Perhaps he is trying to push naked football. Maybe that's the maybe that's the. <laughs> guys. I appreciate you staying on with me here for Patreon. I appreciate all the Patreon members. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at J, JT. Okay, JT. I'm not even looking at it. I'm trying to do it by memory. I can't. Where what's your Twitter account? Joe? JTT45 at JTT45. At JTT45. That's not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's just at JTT45. Of course, for all of you, my boy Lawrence Colts Law. Believe in Colts podcast at Colts underscore law. Gentlemen, I appreciate you coming on the YouTube portion. I appreciate you coming on the Patreon portion. I appreciate you being on the complete audio portion. Uh, I'll Lawrence see you next week. I hope you guys can come out Friday for the hangout. We'll have a good time. Take care, uh-huh. gentlemen. Have a good one, man. You're both legit. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you, everybody, who's listening to the podcast. Don't forget to go check out my sponsors over at Newsbreak. Links are in the description. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Until tomorrow when I'm here with my boy Mario, don't forget, you're all legit, kid. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.